What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to the second and short podcast. And this is going to be taking a break from the cheap seats fantasy version. We're just going to go straight into second and shorts, you know, NFL talk podcast. And I am your host, Tyler Lotto, joined with our fantasy expert, but now he's going to be a regular NFL expert, Jason Teasley. Here's the thing we're going to break down week 10's over. We're going to break down our midseason award predictions for who we think is going to get MVP, defensive and offensive player. Uh, comeback player and then offense and defensive rookie free forum we're just going to talk to shit we're going to give you our opinions and we're just going to kind of roll with it and we're going to start where we literally were just having our conversation we're going to start with offensive rookie of the year now we're just going to say who we think is a legit candidate and then we're just going to talk about people uh, so why don't you give me your candidates right now Four names in your head without researching, without thinking, without diving deep. I say rookie of the year offensive. You say potentially. I, I think it's a two-person race between um, Najee Harris and Jamar Chase. I think that that's the that's the two-horse race we're looking at for uh, rookie of the year offensively. And I, I agree here with you. Um, what we're running into is we're running into, uh, you know, a, a guy that's got like over 200 already total touches between receptions and rushes in Najee Harris. Uh, and we have a guy in Jamar Chase who has been blowing uh, the roof off of people in their old stadiums everywhere he's at. And he's just been big play right now. Uh, this is beginning. Oh, I can't say this because it's updating, but like, like going into this past week, I think Najee Harris was sitting around 10th in rushing yards, uh, but he also has like almost 300 yards uh, receiving as well. From the time of recording this, that's the only problem we have with this. Um, it's going to change a little bit. But Jamar Chase, on the other hand, uh, he's sitting in a much more comfortable position because in receiving yards, he's third. He is 835. He's almost breaking 1,000 yards. Every year we see a running back almost lead the league in like rushing or they're like a top, five running back when they come into the league a rookie we have one guy that's been doing it for the past like five six years but receivers don't finish in like the top five of receiving yards in their rookie year it is very rare i mean can you recall as a giants fan the last time we saw something like that happen uh i mean maybe moss that was be you know that would be the immediate um name that would jump out that would i was reaching would for be in that, uh, that that consideration I don't even think OBJ was was in that because I think he had a few games where he stumbled and he wasn't really lighting everything up. Uh, now I think, but I mean, I'm saying that the first thing that would come to mind class that, that uh, OBJ was 2000. 14? I'm thinking it was either 14 or 15. It's 14. He finished 10th in receiving yards yeah. that year. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. So, but I mean, anytime you want to say immediate rookie impact, you know, Randy Moss comes to mind, especially, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from my, my region. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, rookie wide receivers, everybody says they have a learning curve. They have a learning curve. You're going to see, you won't see a, a wide receiver produce for two to three years. Mm -hmm. Because they got a high elite, elite level. Yeah. To acclimate to the league, to learn playbooks, you know, you got to give them a learning curve. You don't get that for running backs. Uh, that's what makes Chase so special this year. And I was not high on Chase. 
I mean, I even preseason, one of my things was I didn't even think that he would finish as the number one receiver on his team. And he's proven me wrong. Um, and I think he's acclimated to the league much more quickly than anybody expected. Uh, he's been just electric when he gets the ball in his hands. He, his route running is a lot more crisp than anybody ever expected him to have. So, yeah, I think that he needs to hit that. Now, the reason why I say uh, Najee is because of the situation. Pittsburgh, with an aging quarterback, they're going to lean on their, the ball some more, especially with the injuries and stuff that they've sustained. So you gotta you gotta also dictate position there. When he came into the league, everybody was talking him up, thinking that he led into the perfect spots, which he did uh, yeah. for his style of running. Uh, but nobody was giving Jamar Chase any love. And then his first eight games set set an NFL record. Yep, that's unheard of. So the the biggest thing here is that for. Um, what is it going to take for Jamar Chase to lock down offensive rookie of the year for you? Like, what does he need to do in these final set of games? And he's got what he's got eight games left. What does he got to do? Consistency. Consistency is the key. Uh, he's got to continue to just make the plays that he's been, been making uh, and be consistent. Now, does that mean that he needs to go out there and light up for 100-plus yards every game? No. But if he goes out and still stays consistent, his targets versus catches is still still on the upper side of around 75 or better mm-hmm. because quarterback, quarterbacks aren't 100% accurate. But if his, his catch uh, percentage is on the – the high side of 75% and he's putting up at, you know, anywhere from 65 plus. And with the, with maybe an additional four touchdowns throughout the rest of the season, I think that locks him in, but consistency will be the key for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I think that's fair. I agree. I think if he, if he finishes with over 1200 yards and he hits double digit touchdowns, which is only, that's like that's like twelve hundred yards is another three hundred and sixty five yards, and double to touchdowns is three touchdowns. He's at forty four receptions, so let's say he gets to sixty. That's only sixteen catches. That's that right there for me is is off is offensive rookie of the year. That right is minimum, and I think he's going to destroy that and smash that um, on most of those levels. Now for Najee Harris to overtake this, I think the biggest thing for Najee Harris is is that. <sighs> He's only averaging like 60 yards, 65 yards a game, I think, on rushing, but he's also averaging, I don't know, like probably 20 or 30 yards per game uh, receiving. He needs to improve that yards per carry. He's at 3.6 right now, and it's not very good. He's got four rushing touchdowns on the year or four or five rushing touchdowns. Um, that's got to improve. I think he needs to finish with double digit touchdowns, and that yards per carry needs to improve from 3.6. Gotta get closer to four. For him to even have a chance. Um, what I love about this award is it doesn't matter who's on the best team. Like we see with MVP, that's kind of where it goes. But rookie of the year can go to anybody. So right now, declare your pick midseason. Who do you think's gonna get it? Chase or Harris? I, I think it's gonna go to Chase. I don't think Harris will have the electric games to make him stand out 
uh, throughout the second half of the season, well, a little over second half of the season, to make up the ground that Chase has already already established. Uh, I think it's going to be a little closer than what people want it to be, mm-hmm. uh, simply because of the volume that Najee's going to get versus Chase. Uh, running backs get a lot more volume, get the ball in their hands a lot more and get the ability to produce more. Uh, I think in three weeks, we uh, if we was to revisit this, I, I feel Chase would have will have put uh, a significant stamp on that rookie of the year. All righty. And I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I already gave you all my reasons why I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is it. Uh, that's where we're at. Uh, Dark Horse, if anybody is going to sneak their way into it, uh, it's probably Mac Jones. Because the Patriots are bowling yeah. right now, and they might win 10, 11 games, and uh, we favor and value quarterbacks more than we do other positions, and tell them they're more important than anybody else in the field. Uh, so that probably will happen. But lock up Chase as your midseason rookie of the year. Now, defensive rookie of the year. Um, instead of asking you exactly who you think it's between, I'm going to tell you exactly what's between. Uh, it is between <laughs> Micah Parsons and everybody else. I yes. don't know if this is actually a contest. Um, we do have somebody, um, I think, uh, trying to think, um, cornerbacks. We have like Greg Newsome, the second's playing pretty well. Um, Nate Hobbs out of the Raiders is playing pretty well. Um, Asante Samuel's playing pretty well, junior. Um, and then JOK is playing good. The biggest problem is that the competition for Parsons is injured. JC Horn, injured. Patrick Fertain yeah. is now injured. So his biggest competitions aren't fully there and i think i think he's gonna roll straight through this um statistically speaking right now uh let's see what we got i don't think it's updated for me right now but he's got 52 tackles i think going into week uh going into this past weekend he had like 52 total tackles five sacks in the season a couple pass deflections he's just he's playing well and on a team that's winning that's another big thing uh, that does help somewhat. Yeah, I don't think it's it's even close. I think it's a very wide margin, uh, especially with Sertain being hurt. Uh, I, that was the only other person that I felt uh, would have been a contender and in the conversation until his injury. But Parsons still had such a dominant lead I don't think anybody's going to come close. I think they could probably go ahead and present that award now. Um, so just an update, because uh, I, I just went and back through and everything. He is at 58 total tackles, six sacks, and a forced fumble as of today. Um, so, I mean, yeah, right there. I mean, I think he's going to be a guy that he's going he's gonna to hit double-digit, um, triple-digit uh, tackle numbers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's inevitable. If anybody else sneaks in and gets this award, good on them. Uh, now let's go ahead and talk, talk about uh, comeback player of the year. Who do you have as locked in as comeback player of the year? And why, uh, is, it, and why is it Dak Prescott? <laughs> Man, is this like you almost read my mind? Um, yeah. Yes, it's definitely Doc, Dak. Uh, coming back from such a horrific injury uh, that could have honestly ended his career. Hmm. Uh, that was a bad. That was a bad break. No pun intended. Um, and like to rehab and start performing on level last week was 
I, I'm pretty sure last week was the NFL Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, that a lot of things was out of whack. You know, Dallas getting rolled, the Bills losing to the Jags. And last week was an anomaly. This week, Dallas came back. Dak led that team and showed, Destroyed and, showed, and showed why they are actually a contender in the NFC. I think the NFC is very top-heavy uh, when it comes to teams. I don't think there's a clear-cut. This team, you know, is, is going to go to – I think you've got five teams that could legitimately be your number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is being led by Dak. Dak has is showing a lot of maturity and a lot of poise, and he's not letting the injury weigh on the back of his mind. And he's still producing. He's still making the plays he was making before. So yeah, Dak is my comeback player of the year. Yeah, I, it makes the most sense. He's. Uh, he, he's looking really good. Um, after, after today's game, he's thrown, uh, 20 touchdowns. He only has five interceptions. Uh, and top of that, remember he missed the game as well from being hurt. So like yes. a full, he's not even gonna have a full 17 games and he's on pace to, I mean, essentially if we double it down 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, two rushing touchdowns. Like that's a fantastic, that is near. MVP conversation. So that's our biggest problem. And that's why we can't pick Dak Prescott here because I'm not saying we're going to vote on him for MVP when we get to that. But if America's team is the number one seed in the NFC and he has 40 plus touchdowns and he's got 4,000 passing yards and, you know, that's 300 rushing yards, he's probably going to win MVP, which means he won't win comeback player of the year. Would he? Would they do that? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's possible. I mean, we've seen stranger things happen. Yeah. Uh, I do think somebody that is another person that's like eligible for this that we can kind of talk about if we're going to. I'm just on the offensive side is like Cortland Sutton like from tearing his ACL, comes back. Um, he's got like 600 yards on the season so far. He's probably going to break a thousand. Um, but again, I don't think this goes to anybody else realistically. Uh, see, I don't, I don't think Sutton simply because of the last two weeks. I think the last two weeks really hurt Sutton. Um, he's not really lived up to that uh, moniker, and that's going to hurt him. Uh, you can't blame him for, you know, poor team performance. Even, you know, with the blowout of Dallas last week, he didn't really produce. And, you know, a lot of people will look at it as that, like, because he had two down weeks, that he shouldn't be considered for the award, which I think is utter bullshit. Well, I, I, I just, it's not going to happen because Dak's going to win it, but that's no. like, if we're talking of who else could, um, he is an option here as well. Uh, now let's move into defensive player of the year. And we'll talk about, uh, essentially this comes down to what do we value the most? A guy that gets interceptions or guys that get sacks. I'm going to say this right now. If you're a Steelers fan and you're a big TJ Watt guy, sorry. We're not voting for him right here. He's not in consideration for me. I think there's somebody that does exactly what he does, but better. So for me, I think this comes down to Miles Garrett uh, just because of sacks, and that's where we're going to get to. Or it comes down to Diggs 
because of interceptions. And I, I don't think Diggs should win this, but I think they are going to highly overvalue um, interceptions. And I just think that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, he did have get another interception today. Uh, sorry, time recording this, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, so he is at eight interceptions on the year, which is massive. Uh, he's, yes. I, I, think, I think he's, what, six away from, from the record, uh, which is still going to be hard to beat, but that's pretty good. And he's like, uh, I, think he's, I think he's like in the top two or three for pass deflections as well. Uh, so Trayvon Diggs, Miles Garrett, do you have another option or is that where we're at? I think that's where we're at. I think it's between those two. And uh, honestly, um, based on what I feel, uh, I'm going to go with the the voice of the voter will be, it will depend on how Dallas finishes. I think that will be determined. If Dallas finishes high and gets the one or two seed, I think they give it to Diggs just because his play impacted their their record and their seeding. Now, if Dallas doesn't get one of those top two seeds, I think it goes, you know, it chops the line going to a a, uh, a non-quarterback cornerback because I honestly don't think I can remember the last defensive back that won defensive player of well, the year. We don't see guys hit this mark, like hitting – seven plus like seven is normally like an interception mark that is like oh man he got seven interceptions like that's a fantastic season and Diggs already passed that uh halfway through um but i think that here's the thing if he breaks the record which i feel like is i I don't don't quote me on this i think it stood for like it stood for like 40 years or 50 years it's like it's an old record it happened i'm like i don't even know gonna happen um most interceptions a single season but right now miles garrett uh through 10 games, I believe it's 10. I don't think the, I don't think the Browns are there by yet. Um, through 10 games, he has 13 sacks. And so, like, he's there. Um, he is playing on fire. I know TJ Watt has 12 and a half sacks, but really, Miles Garrett, he's going to be chasing down 20 sacks in his final seven games. I mean, that's a sack a game. A sack a game, and he hits 20 sacks. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, also, the Dallas Cowboys do allow a lot of receiving yards, uh, you know, comparatively to the Browns allowing a lot of, like, rushing yards on the edges, you know. And I, I just think Miles Garrett has a bigger impact. That's just me. Um, when we break this down, though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for this, though. Um, do you think Miles Garrett can get 23 sacks in a season? Do you think he can hit another 10 sacks in the final seven games to break the record? Is that an option? I think it's possible. Uh, is it probable? No. Is it possible? Yes. Uh, their schedule kind of leans into the ability because uh, I think they still have, I think they still have Baltimore twice, which is a, a mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson, who definitely, you know, with mobile quarterbacks, you're going to have the option to get those sacks uh, a lot easier because you can flush them out of the pocket. And if your interior lineman flushes them out of the pocket, you get, get the opportunity, you know, just like straight hand with the giants who actually holds the, the sack record. Um, so, yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's not probable though. I think he'll fall so maybe two, two, two sacks short. 
So do you think Trayvon Diggs has a chance to break the record of four teams? He's six away. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, and I think that's, like I said, I think that Dallas, Dallas's seating will determine that. Now, if he breaks the record, you know, it's, voters are going. You think it's locked up. If, if, he, if, he, if he breaks the record, it's locked up. There's no, yes. there's no question. Yes, because the, the record was set in 1950s. 1952 by Night Train Lane. It shows 1950 on the NFL site. Uh, so 1948 um, was Dan San, uh, Sandifer of Washington. He had 13. And then Speck Sanders uh, in 1950 at 13. But then rookie Night Train Lane got 14 interceptions in 1952 while playing for the Los Angeles Rams. I'm re- I just read it right here. That's just... Insane. Uh, yeah. According well, according to Cowboy Maven, which is a Cowboys thing, they they show that Night Train, uh, who had 14 interceptions in 1950. No, rookie season. It's 1952. There's like I, I'm looking at like I'm gonna delete all this just so you know so we don't like argue on here. But it's, <laughs> I, I there's like 20 things on here that I'm looking at. They're all 1952. Because that's the, the yeah, that, that's uh, his rookie year. He didn't he didn't play yeah, in 1950. Yeah, this one say this one say why has it got to okay anyway go go back. Yeah, uh, I think I think that if he breaks the record, he's going to absolutely be in there. All right. So now what we need to talk about is we need to talk about who we think is going to win Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm going to say we're going to make a rule. This is not MVP. This cannot be MVP. We cannot include this at all. It, it, no, sorry. Scratch it. Do not do that. I don't, I don't like. I don't like when they try and do those type same things. I like to keep it separate. So, offensive players. Um, historically, this goes to like a lot of pass catching running backs, uh, receivers that have massive years. Maybe a tight end that is you know playing stellar. Um, also, rushing quarterbacks tend to kind of win this as well, which leads me to believe that uh, Lamar Jackson is a front runner for this. Because uh, he is, I think he's what, like top, he's like top, he's like seventh in passing yards and he's like fourth or fifth in rushing yards on the season. Like, yes. so right there, I think so. Do you have anybody other than Lamar Jackson you think could be? I think actually this is where we're going to, we're going to go different side of the spectrum. I think, I think it's going to be Cooper Cup. Um, I like that. Who is, who is actually having a monstrous year. Uh, he's leading the league in, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in receptions and yardage. Um, let's all fact check that real quick. Yardage, yes. Receptions, uh, yes. Well, yeah, he's, he's got six receptions up on Cooper on um, Terry Kill at the time of recording this. But then again, Terry Kill gets about 25 targets a game. So that could change. But yes, and he is crazy. And Cup still plays tomorrow night. And with the his breaking of Robert Woods torn ACL, there's going to be targets to be had that could be going Cup's way as well. Well, Odell so, Beckham Jr. though is something we have to look at as well. Yeah, but I don't think that's that's something that ain't going to factor. You know, if you listen to some people, he's a cancer to a team. So, but we don't go into that. Uh, you know. Um, here's uh, as, a, as an OBJ 
as an OBJ truther, uh, he was with the Giants. He was not a cancer to the team. Uh, a lot of his teammates talk about how great of a person he is. Yes, wide receiver, elite wide receivers are usually prima donnas. Terrell Owens, Michael Irvin, Beckham, Moss. I mean, they're they're out there. You know, it's you can't say that because they're divas. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're getting off topic though. Go back in Cooper Cup. Let's talk about <laughs> Cooper Cup. You got to defend Cooper Cup. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's Stafford's favorite target. He's he gets a large uh, a lot of yards after catch because he is not a downfield threat. He is your intermediate guy that's going to catch the ball. Mate has the short hands that you can trust on a third down situation, and he can break one at any given time. So I, I think I think this is where you're going to you're going to make make the argument of a solid receiver that hasn't had like flashy numbers through his career that has had a resurgence with the addition of Stafford this year. And he's got a quarterback that, that he has a good repertoire with. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to run away with this, honestly. I mean, he, he really could. Um, he's also leading the league in touchdowns right now. And he's leading the league in targets. He's leading the league in everything. Um, wide receiver wise. Uh, I even, I think he's even, I'm looking right now, he's even leading the league in first downs um, for receivers. Um, he's not, he's, he's, he's okay at average yards per catch. Um, if we break down guys that actually have like 25 plus catches. He's like fifth or like six, not even, he's probably like 10th or 15th on that. Um, but no, Cooper Cup is a legit option because he is, Statistically leading everything. And do you know the last time a receiver led the league at the end of the year in receptions, yards, and touchdowns? Trivia, do you uh, know? I know. I know the year. I know the player. I'm going to say... I'll get, do you want a hint? I can give you the year. Yeah. Give, give me the year. 2005. Oh, wow. Yes. So we're talking 16 seasons ago is the last time an NFL wide receiver did this beat. I want uh, Moss. Moss. When he was with the Patriots, was that O five? Uh, Moss did not do this in O five. Then I don't know. This is, this kind of got me. Well, you should know it's not O five because Randy Moss didn't lose in the Super Bowl to the Giants in O five. You should know that. It is wide receiver Steve Smith with the Carolina Panthers. Really? Um, yes. Uh, it was a year after Musa Muhammad with the Carolina Panthers led the league in receptions and yards, but not touchdowns. And then the next year, Steve Smith led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns after Muhammad went to Chicago. Uh, yes, last time. Uh, I think Steve Smith actually tied in touchdowns, but still held the lead uh, for it. And yeah, last time a receiver ever done that. So right now, Cooper Cup is on pace to break... Uh, it's not a record, but it's just like the last time something happened. Like, you know, when they show those statistics under games and it's like last, the like, only player to, you know, run left three times in a row and then run <laughs> right seven times in a row. Only player in NFL, you know, but this is a legit bottom screen st uh, stat that they're going to post up. It could happen. Lamar Jackson, though, is on pace to have a fantastic season. Uh, he is going to break a thousand yards rushing. He is going to break. 
4,000 yards passing. Um, I'm trying to think. What, what, what is he right now on rushing touchdowns? Um, he threw um, one up. He is two rushing touchdowns. And hold on. Hold on. And he's sitting at 14 passing touchdowns, which right now, uh, I think he threw another reception. But right, right now he's at 16 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and he's on pace to have 5,500 total yards. It's going to be hard not to give that to him. Um, but you know what? It, Cooper Cup very well could. Um, if OBJ doesn't step in and get six, seven targets a game, Cooper Cup is probably going to run away with targets and receptions and maybe yards. That could change because he only averaged like 13 yards a catch. But either way, I'm okay with the coin toss on that. I say Lamar Jackson, you think Cooper Cup. Let's talk about yeah. MVP. Now, this award is tricky because we have to project on records. Because if a team is meh, they're not going to win MVP because they obviously didn't bring that much yeah. value to the team. So that leaves us to actually looking at standings. Now, when we look at standings, they're going to keep fluctuating and moving around. But what we do know is teams like the Los Angeles Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, we assume, uh, for the NFC. And then we also have got Dallas Cowboys. But we're going to strike the Cowboys because we have Dak winning comebacks. We're going to strike them. Yeah. Then on the AFC side, where it's a mess, we have the Tennessee Titans, which I don't think they have an MVP on their team now that Derrick Henry's no. out. Uh, then it takes no. us to uh, the Baltimore Ravens, which Lamar Jackson's there, but a setback against the Dolphins and his performance is going to hurt him. I think he's going to have too many turnovers. So realistically, that means the MVP is going to happen in the NFC. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Do you think Aaron Rodgers potentially? Yes. You know, so he's not, not even close. All right, let's yes. move down. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. They lost a game without him, so he's only lost one game this season. I mean, he's 7-1 and one as a starting quarterback. Kyler Murray, is he on the MVP list? He's on the list, but he's not near the top of it. Oh, I think fine. that... All we want is the list. That, so yeah, I think, I think the, the, two miss, the two games missed is going gonna, is gonna to hurt him in the discussion. It no shouldn't. I mean, him, the Cardinals losing, help, I think, helps his case. Um, now, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to say Dak isn't, but Dak is on the list. Los Angeles yes. Rams. It's very popular in Los Angeles Rams. Matt Stafford is on the list. Yes, and I think I think if they continue to do what they're doing, I think mm. this is my dark horse. This is mm. this is my dark horse. This is who I was I was taking as my MVP uh, prediction uh, based on <laughs> midseason, based on everything going on. I, I like I like it. Uh, I think he's found a resurgence in the Rams organization. Um, all right, let's keep going then. We'll, we'll talk about these guys in a second, but let's just get the list. We'll get who's on the list. Who's in? Who's getting the VIP? Uh, now we're down to the Buffalo Bills. Is Josh Allen on the MVP list? He's on the list. Yes, he's on the list. And last but not least, is Tom Brady in the Buccaneers? Is he on the list? Yes, he he's a permanent stay on the list. So we are down to. Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, uh, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady. I think Dak Prescott as our fifth is probably fair, and we'll leave him at five because yeah. I think he's going to come back. The other words are going to go other places. 
So Dak Prescott is going to finish fifth in MVP voting. Now I want you to rank these guys from one, two, three, and four. And I want you to tell me who's going to, who, like, who's, who's four. And of all those guys, all right, yeah, who's we'll, the we'll go, we'll, we'll go four. Give me your four. Four, uh, four I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Kyler at four. Um, simply because, like I said earlier, the two games missed uh, is going to hurt him. We'll come back. Uh, three. three is I'm going to go Josh Allen. Two, Brady. One, Stafford. All right. So let's talk over these guys as we go. So Dak Prescott, we already touched on him. Five. So let's talk about four. I agree. Kyler Murray is four on the list. Let's talk about reasons why Kyler Murray could win MVP right now. Um, eight and two is the team record. He's seven and one. Uh, he's playing fantastic right now. Uh, yardage wise, he's eighth in the league, but that's because he's missed. He's missed a game. Two games. I missed two games. So we can't really fault him on that. But here's a statistic so far. I mean, he's got 220, uh, sorry, 2,276 yards. He's got 17 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And then if we look at him on the ground, um, he's also got, statistically, he's got, what, seven? He's almost 700. Where's he at? 544? No. Oh, scrap all this. My bad. Whoop, whoop, whoop. He's only got 147 yards rushing. Um, he's got 20 total touchdowns in the season. So, I think... Cardinals win out. He's there, the one seed. He doubles down and he's got 4,500 yards and he's got about, you know, 35 touchdowns. That's why he could win MVP. Yeah, but let's go back to a situation me and you talk about all the time. Those outlier games where he explodes and let's go on average. This is why I look at him as the as the four started the season off red hot since then it's been a decline he's had he had two amazing weeks that he padded stats like crazy then he kind of came down to earth that's where i'm looking at it from and i think that's where the voters will look at it from is because if you take these offensive explosions out you go by medium he he's not that thing and you know a lot of people like to talk about you know if you take if you take out what they do the best then you know that hamper, that that takes away that's not what i'm saying i'm saying people will look at it like that you know because i play devil's advocate here uh, if you take those season those two games out and just mediate them throughout the rest of the games you want to see a an average uh a, well above average play throughout the first half of the season i mean he's he's completing 62 percent of his passes uh he only has three games under 70 percent completion uh he's got four he's got four games right now of his eight with uh with three plus touchdowns so I think he's got more booms than you are giving credit to. Like he even has games where he didn't throw a single touchdown. He ran for one, and he still had 300 yards in a win they had. But I agree he's four. So let's move on to three. Now, this is where we split because I have Brady at three. You have Allen at three. Let's just talk about 
Josh Allen. Josh Allen, why is he a potential MVP winner? What could what what is it that's making him an MVP guy? Uh, his poise um, and the ability to locate receivers. He's not he's not re- uh, wide receiver one happy. I guess you could say is a good way to put it. So he's not staring digs down every single time. Uh, you know he's getting San, uh, Mango Sanders involved. He's getting Knox when healthy involved. He's getting his running backs involved and. Cole Beasley, who is my brother from another mother, um, who we abandoned, he abandoned the family and changed his name. Uh, but he he spreads the ball out nice, uh, and he's got to because Buffalo, for some reason, has two solid running backs that are not producing. That's debatable. So, That's debatable on who who we're talking to. Well, I'm saying they're not producing because they're not. <laughs> I'm saying they're 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 solid. They're they're serviceable. They're a good they're a good combo, but they're not producing. So Buffalo goes by the way of Allen's arm, mm-hmm. and he has to spread the ball out. He has to make plays in order for them to win, and that's why I think that he's in the conversation. But I think he's not going to do enough to win them. Twenty-two touchdowns total on the year, six interceptions. Um, he doesn't have a lot of games where he's going to throw multi-picks. Like we saw him throw two interceptions against Jacksonville. uh, And that was the first game. He didn't have a single offensive touchdown since like week seven of 2020, but he scores a lot of touchdowns. He's going to continue to score a lot of touchdowns. Completion percentage is pretty high. Um, Just looking at it here outside of that Miami week where he was at 51. um, I guess he did against Kansas city at 357 too, but he, kind of floats around like 67% is where he kind of sits around. He had two bad weeks, but if he floats, he goes up in there. Um, his average yards per for attempt is, is, is nice at about seven. Um, you know, he's a decent runner. He, he does really well. I think what's going to benefit him the most is that the AFC, like they're only like a game out of like the one seed. Uh, they did lose Tennessee. So there's a tiebreaker there, but a game and a half but like they could legitimately be the one seed and he's the only guy from the AFC that actually is in consideration here. So because of that, if they're the one seed, I mean, because we know how numbers work, one of or three of these other four quarterbacks we are talking about here will not be the one seed. So he has that advantage where he's not really competing against other MVP candidates in his conference and he can be the best quarterback in his conference and that might be enough at this point. If, if the Bills, like, went out and, you know, they, they got 14 wins in the season, it may be. Now let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Um, we don't have to say why is Tom Brady on this MVP shortlist because um, he's Tom fucking Brady. Uh, well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not have a very positive day today. That's how I recorded this. But going into this, so he has 27 touchdowns, which I believe is first in the league. Uh, he's now going to be at seven interceptions, which is rather high for his career um, at this point in his, in his career. Because, I mean, for the past, I'm trying to think about like the past like 10 years, he's only had two seasons where he's, you know, had double digit interceptions. Actually, going all the way back to 2012, he's only had three of those seasons. So it's, he's going he's gonna to sit around that single digit range. He's going to hit 40 touchdowns. These other guys were like, maybe. He's going to. He's at 27 already, and he still has. Um, they've already had their bye, 
So he's still got eight more games left in him. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a given that he's going to hit maybe 45 touchdowns at the rate that this offense goes. And I think yeah. leading the league in yards passing, leading the league in touchdowns, and then also being a high seed and a division champion is what is going to solidify his case being MVP. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I think what gives him a, a slight edge is because he's very smart with the football. He doesn't throw very many picks. Being smart and being able to read defenses and being able to make the adjustments is what makes Tom Brady Tom Brady and one of the all-time greats of the of the game. I think Though um, the emergence of some defenses in the conference, though, uh, your Carolina Panthers being one. They still have to play them two times. They'll play them. And actually, it's kind of like, you know, in college football, we always talk about like, it's not about like losing games, but it's like when you lose those games, it matters. They play Carolina week 15 and seven, or sorry, 16 and 18. So like, it's going to be a lot last image for them as well. Right. Uh, Which Carolina has. Their defense is gelling now uh, at the right time, and they're being able to contain teams um, and get pressure on the quarterback. Brady's not a mobile quarterback. Hmm. So him not being a mobile quarterback, Carolina's going to be able to get to him and maybe rattle him uh, like Washington did today before losing Chase Young. Hmm. Um, So I think that the emergence of the defenses may stifle him a little bit, but it's not going to make a huge impact. I think he's going to have at least one one of those games against Carolina is going to be disastrous disastrous for him. But he's going to bounce back in two weeks when he plays him and and beat Tom Brady. Probably, and I, I think you know probably more than likely he's not going to have two down games against Carolina. Um, realistically, the only reason I don't think he will win this award is just because our next guy, Matt Stafford, and we're on board with this. Um, Matt Stafford was in my top three uh, preseason predicts uh, picture uh, predictions. Um, I actually had uh, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Matt Stafford in my top three, um, just because I, I statistically I thought they were all going to do so well. But Matt Stafford right now is uh, currently he hasn't played this week at time recording this, but he is leading the league in, in receiving yards. Uh, he's at twenty three touchdowns, five interceptions. His completion percentage is good. He's playing well. I really, I think the Rams are probably going to get a revenge on Arizona. And I don't want to say they're going to win out, but I believe they're going to be the one seed. And I predicted that preseason as well. I really think, I really think they're going to be the one seed at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, that is not a very bold prediction. I can get on board with that. Um, so, but I, th- I think that they're going to be battling with Arizona for the one seed. I th- think it's going to be the, the one seed's going to come out of the West. Um, and that's why it's I mean, going to look even more important and more impressive because one of them is going to end up being the five seed. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the, the rest of the season, the Rams have, I mean, they've got the Packers next in, in Lambeau. Uh, then they've got the Jags. Then they've got the showdown with the Cardinals, Seattle. Minnesota, go to Baltimore and end at home with the 49ers. That's a very winnable 
schedule. Really? I mean, it's not Green Bay and Arizona are their main hiccups that they could have. Right, right, and and that's that's the only two. And I think um, I think one of those games. I actually think that the Lambo game is the is a trap game for them. Uh, that's the only one I think that they'll stumble in. I think, you know, the Arizona game, Arizona's been exposed mm-hmm. to how, how to beat them, uh, especially with the loss to Chase Edmonds. You know, Connor stepping up, but, you know, Connor's a north-south running back. Not so much a real power back, but he, he's kind of a smash-mouth back. He's not an elusive back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Losing Edmonds, who has that elusiveness, kind of takes a a dimension away from Arizona. Um, yeah. So I think, and I think today Arizona got exposed. Yes, they was that without two of their top things. So don't ask me. I understand, but they was exposed. I don't care. No way to look at it. They had the number two defense coming in, fantasy wise. And they got routed by Carolina, mm-hmm. which absolutely surprised me. To to your to your chagrin, to my joy, you loved it. Yes. To to you you, I mean you was you was, you know, cheering for Cam Newton having his two touchdowns and twenty two yards, uh, and you know realizing he's back. But I think this is a team that will go far on Stafford's back. Stafford is seeing a resurgence of his career once leaving Detroit and getting a team around him. The addition of all the additions to that team to make a Super Bowl run is insane uh, on both sides of the ball. So I, I think this team is poised to make a run and it's going to be because of that staff. Yep. And I, I agree here. And I, we're going to end this episode with just an agreement instead of an argument, which is fine because I decide the only way he doesn't get this is if he loses to Arizona, if he loses to green Bay, if somehow they stumble against Seattle, you know, or San Francisco, because they're divisional games. Otherwise I think, yeah, I think he's got this locked in. Um, he's, he's going to do what he always does, but the only difference now is that Matt Stafford looks more calm and relaxed as ever. He doesn't look like he's always out there panicking, like a, like a single mom of eight kids who's trying to juggle everything. He looks like, he looks like a, looks like a trophy wife. He's comfortable. He's relaxed. He's just having fun. What do you do? Whatever I want. It's cool. I throw a ball to cup. It's fun. Like he just seems relaxed and that's going to do it for us here. On this week's episode of Second and Short, the podcast below us, you see TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and also we're here on YouTube. Uh, be sure to follow, subscribe, um, and yeah, comment down below who your predictions are for any award. You can make up an award if you want to. Um, we're going to have some of those awards at the end of the season as well, and we're going to kind of break things down as we get closer. But thank you guys for listening. Please, every week, Twitter, TikTok, Hit us up, hit up Jason, tag us, ask us questions. We'll answer your trade questions. We'll answer your start sets, your waiver wire, whatever you need. We're going to give you a little bit of fantasy and dynasty clarity, even though we're not doing it this episode, we're going to continue to do it throughout the week. So please hit us up. Jason's on all the responses. He's got it all down. Yeah, I try to anyway. Uh, they, 
uh, I've got like a 98% response rate. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, definitely um, hit me up. Uh, TZLEY822 on Twitter. Um, you can see me. I think it's Turk822 on TikTok. You can go back. Uh, Ty tags me in almost all of the things, and I check them regularly without being tagged. So, yeah, drop drop content. We're going to drop you content. We're going to give you that insight. We're going to give you that unbiased opinion that may help you win your league. And breaking the fourth wall. 2714 at the time of recording this. Hold on. Oh, okay, never mind. Do you think the Chiefs are going to hold on to this victory? Uh, I hope so. I, I, and I hope I hope Kelsey and uh, Waller get a touchdown apiece to help me win $200 as well. There you go. All right, thanks for listening, guys, and y'all have a great one. We'll see you guys next week when we come back with some fantasy football content. Take care.